Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Sari Abbott lives on the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland where she plays regularly in local venues. She was a finalist in this year's Toyota Starmaker and has won or placed in several other competitions. Her latest single is Feels Like Home. I'm going to ask her about that, maybe about competing, other things. Hi, Sari. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, Feels Like Home is a lovely song. It actually feels like home in itself, if that makes sense. So I'm wondering what inspired it. Yeah, thanks. Um, basically, I was actually sitting at the Gimpy Muster um, last year and I was sitting around the fire with all my mates and I was just thinking, you know, as a musician and, you know, as anyone that attends music festivals, you only really get to see your friends when you go to a festival. And I guess as a musician, you don't know when you're going to see them again because, you know, I've got friends from South Australia, Victoria, like up North Queensland. So I think I was feeling a bit sentimental on my last night and I was like, I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. So I kind of just sat there and came up with the, you know, idea of this place kind of feels like home, you know. Even going to Tamworth, like you mentioned before, when I did the Academy, I was in Tamworth for almost a month without my family and I honestly never felt homesick once. So that's kind of the whole idea of it. But um, I was lucky enough to go to a awesome songwriting camp called Song Culture in Brisbane. It's yeah. actually on at the moment, but um, I missed out this year. But um, it was so amazing. I was put in a room with Nolan, one of the organisers, uh, Jared Ablum, who mm-hmm. is a producer, and then James Johnson. So I was like, I've got this idea, guys. I like the song. I like the idea but I know it can be better. So basically we pretty much nutted it out in about an hour and had it recorded um, with some tracks down. So yeah, it was awesome experience, but it was really cool to see something that, you know, I'd kind of just fiddled around the fireplace with, you know, come to life with a bunch of amazing musicians and producers, but yeah. So I have a couple of questions to ask you out of that. Number one, when you go to the Gimpy Muster, can you go to and from home? I mean, I know it's not super close, but it's, you know, it's not that far away or do you stay on site? Um, I used to, I probably could now because I'm living only like 25 minutes away, but we, I love camping. I've always loved, you know, I've got a 4B and I just love that kind of life and, you know, sitting around the fire and getting nice and cosy in your bed. So we always camp out. It's so much fun you will be so surprised the people that just rock up to your fire. If you've got a good fire, <laughs> famous people start turning up and they're your best friend. So it's, yeah, it's an awesome experience and you meet so many people. So definitely always stay there. Uh, and that, look, there you go. You have, you have very successfully promoted the festival, uh, which is coming up in August. Um, and um, you also mentioned Song Culture, which is at um, QUT, and uh, I hadn't heard of it before. So I'm wondering what the structure of it is because obviously you're put into a room with some other songwriters but is it a whole a whole weekend or how long does it last yeah so I've only ever done one and I was away the first day of it so it was two days so a weekend I don't even it wasn't a weekend it was the Monday Tuesday same kind of thing as mm-hmm. what it is at the moment and um yeah so I only got the second day so I missed out on writing with a heap of people but I only got to do two co-writes in the end but I think they do about two three a day Mm-hmm. depending on um, how much time they've got, who can stick around kind of thing. But it's really cool. I think, like, everyone just kind of communicates. M- most of the, like, professional 
songwriters that are kind of the group leaders. Um, they kind of communicate and they go, this person was really good at this. This person was really good at this. This person writes like this. And then they kind of stick everyone in a group where they, you know, can use their strengths to write a song. So yeah, two days of writing with different artists. I mean, in Brisbane, we had country artists, folk artists, um, you know, a bit of everything, even some rock artists. Jared Ablam, who produced uh, Feels Like Home, he actually used to do quite a bit of punk stuff. So they've got all kinds of stuff there. But yeah, it's really awesome two days. Had you done much co-writing before? Because it's quite a thing to walk into a room with that many other people in and write a song with them. Yeah, um, I hadn't really. I'd done some co-writing with Taylor Moss, who used to be my mentor, and then a few other things with um, just a few people on the sunny coast, Nissa Ray and some people my age, but I'd never really been in a room with, you know, professional, like really um, known, well-known people in the industry. So it was a little bit confronting, especially being put in a room with James. I was like, oh my God, don't fangirl. But um, yeah, it was a little bit confronting, but it was honestly like, they just treat you like everyone in the country industry, I guess, does just treat you like they've known you forever. So it's kind of hard to feel uncomfortable when they're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh, I've never met before. And they know your name and they know what you do. So, yeah, it was pretty cool being able to write with some awesome people. And James Johnson obviously enjoyed it because he, did he not return? He recorded backing vocals for the track? Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came up with some really cool solo stuff in the song as well that we kept in there. And most of the kind of groove, little, just little parts in there that are really cool because I wouldn't have thought of them. So it was cool having a different ear as well. And as you mentioned, Jared went on to produce the track. So clearly that worked out well in the room as well. Was it, was after you'd written the song with him in the room, did you just automatically think, oh, yes, he should produce it? Or you just sort of occurred to you down the track? Um, I pretty much straight away, I, we already had half the track kind of recorded. So I was like, cool, I really love the direction it's going in. So I think I'm very much a person of, I don't really mind the big names or whoever, but um, it's kind of just who I can connect with and who I think already understands the song to a sense. So I think obviously him being in the co-write and, you know, participating in the song, um, I was like, I pretty much was like, yeah, that's, I love the vibe of how he's going with it so far. So I just wanted to build on that. Yeah. Um, and it does have, you have a fire behind you and um, it's, you know, you describe that campfire feeling and give you muster. The song does evoke that, that kind of sitting around the campfire. So I'm wondering in the room itself, did you have that feeling of all kind of sitting around in a group and connecting? We almost did. We had like a table in the middle of us and it was just, I guess it would have been the same if we had written a song probably at the campfire, you know, um, everyone just bounces off each other's ideas. I think it's more of a vibe feeling. And when you can really, I think when I explained to them, this is where I was, this is what was happening. They felt like that straight away. As soon as I played them the kind of draft I had written down. Um, and that, I guess, kind of made us all feel like we were just sitting around writing a song, like we'd been mates for years. So I guess like with the story of the song, it kind of just came through in the co-write. Mm -hmm. um, now, you've been releasing singles steadily since 2020. Um, do you, are you a writer who has some songs stashed or do you tend to write, uh, you know, not write to order, but you think, all right, I want to get a song out. I'm going to write something now. Um, a bit of both. I think I just came off a bit of a writer's block. I think I'm like finishing school. I just had a lot of stuff going on and I was just kind of like, oh, focusing on just playing and gigging and stuff. 
So sometimes I have all this stuff backed up and I've always got, you know, like little 30 second things on notes and like, um, I don't know, three sentences in notes as well. So there's always something, but um, finished songs in that way, I think I really have to sit down, okay, I'm going to finish it. And sometimes I need someone else there because sometimes I just get so stuck at the second verse, like, or the chorus or something. So it kind of just depends on the song, I guess. Sometimes I can sit down and just nut a whole song out and other times I'm like, this part, this part, don't know what's going there. So, yeah, it kind of depends. <laughs> <laughs> and what age did you start writing songs? I think I was about 13 or 14. It was when I first started um, doing some lessons with Taylor Moss and I was like, I want to write a song. And I didn't know what to write about. And that's when I released, like, we wrote Do It Again, which is about writing a song, uh, funny enough, because I had nothing else to write about. But no, um, yeah, so that's about when I started. So you mentioned earlier that Taylor Moss was your mentor. Was that something that was officially arranged through one of the organisations or you just approached her? I honestly can't even remember how I met her. I think we just had mutual family friends, one of my best friends, her parents used to go know her family and then went to her gigs and stuff and I went to a few of her gigs and I was like oh my god I want to do this so we kind of um you know became mutual friends through I'd always go to her gigs not that I was playing any then because I didn't know how but um you know I kind of just got close to her and I was like do you reckon you could do this and she was doing a few other singing lessons which was cool but um yeah nothing like I think I'm really grateful with what she did for me you know I got my first couple of sets for gigs and stuff out so yeah I kind of approached her I was like can you please teach me how to be like you (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she was very flattered (laughs) now you just said you were going to her gigs when you didn't know how to do them so how did you start performing were you playing an instrument and then you thought oh I'm going to give this a crack or did you learn an instrument and start singing because you wanted to play gigs yeah I guess I actually used to refuse to play the guitar and um then I saw Taylor and I was like, oh, that looks cool. So I started learning on YouTube and I was like, oh, this is not really working. I found it so hard to sing and play at the same time. It's like, and one day it just clicked and I just loved the feeling of, you know, playing in front of people. Like I love playing to my family. So I went up to a little open mic night in Yamundi and I pretty much did that for two years. Um, and Deb that runs the open mic, she's a lovely lady, does it quite a few around the sunny coast she got me my first gig so ever since I played my first gig down the coast I was like this is really cool like I love the feeling that you get when people are like I love how you played this song or this your song was really cool like so I really loved that buzz afterwards and that was when I was like yeah this is what I want to do <laughs> so when you say you refuse to play guitar do you mean you refuse to play it when you were singing or just all together as an instrument you were like no. all together. <laughs> I used to play a little bit and um he was like you should play guitar and I was like oh no, I don't know and he got me a little tanglewood and I he'd be like just play something I was like no I don't want to do it no I don't want to do it and then one day I just picked it up I haven't really put it down since <laughs> <laughs> um so who would you say your greatest musical influences are apart from Taylor oh um I grew up listening to a lot of you know Powderfinger John Butler trio is one of my favorite bands and then John Butler as a person as well one of my favorite people ever I just love the stuff that he does I haven't quite mastered the guitar that much yet though um but I love you know Xavier Rudd Ziggy Alberts to be honest I I didn't really listen to much country when I was younger my family growing up near the beach and mum and dad didn't really you know listen to much country music themselves so I kind of grew up on other stuff 
and uh, only recently kind of got into listening to a bit of country and now I just love, I honestly couldn't even name country artists. I just love the songs, like every song, you know those songs that come on and it takes you on a journey and you don't even know who it is and you're just like, I know your whole life story now. So, yeah, anything like that I just love to listen to. So now that you're within the country music fold, that did take you to the Academy of Country Music, as you mentioned. Now it seems like everyone who goes there has an amazing experience. Yes, I absolutely loved mine. I went to the junior. I did Academy X online and I was like, oh, this is cool. I wish I could see all these people in person. And then I went to the junior academy and, of course, we had the COVID academy year where we were stuck in a COVID bubble, but honestly would not change it for the world. Like I still talk to that group of people that we went to academy with like every single day, pretty much every second day. Um, you know, they're the people where you go to a festival, you go, oh, my God, like it feels like you're seeing your siblings that have moved to another state. So, yeah, I could not say any bad things about Academy. Lynn and Roggie, they are honestly the most beautiful humans ever. Um, I've become friends with Ashley Dallas recently and I'm opening for her in Tamworth, which is really cool. And, you know, I first met her at Academy, which was really cool. But Jane Denham used to be my mentor when I was in Junior Academy and she is the coolest person ever. So I've just found so much inspiration from, mm-hmm. I guess, being there and, you know, having people like Casey Chambers come in and they you know, just treat you like they've known you forever. So, yeah, I couldn't say a bad thing about Academy. I love it. <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll have you back. Um, <laughs> no, just because, you know, it's a welcoming kind of place. Uh, now, I mentioned at the top um, that you were in Star Makeup this year and you have also been in. There were quite a few competitions. Uh, you won the Eka Country Music Showdown last year. You were a finalist in the Gimpy Muster Talent Search last year and in 2019. There were others as well. I haven't listed everything. Um, do you think competitions help sharpen your focus? Um, yes and no. I have never been much of a I'm going to go in a competition because I want to win. Like I've never really focused much on it. I think one of the things I love about competition is obviously you get to see all your friends again. And it just feels like you're playing a big show with, you know, all of your music friends. So I honestly just love the experience and getting some feedback and being able to, you know, connect and socialise with different people in the industry that you might have not met before. But I've always kind of just been a, I'm just going to enter it, see how I go. Like if I get in, that's great. If I don't, I'm not really going to be upset about it. You know, I've got other, I can do other things. So yeah, um, I guess sharpen my focus I think the day of I'll usually get a little bit nervous and go oh my god it's actually happening and then I focus but um other than that I'm honestly just there to you know see some beautiful people and you know make some memories and have a good time I guess um I think that's possibly a key to your success in these competitions as well is that you just go into it with open mind open heart not not trying to aim for anything in particular yeah it's also interesting that you said um, you like getting the feedback because that can be quite confronting um, for artists, but uh, it sounds like you see it as an opportunity to improve what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, everyone that, you know, most people that judge competitions, you know, they, they're they there for a reason. And I think it's really hard, especially in Sunny Coast, there's not too many places where you can get that kind of feedback. And especially as a country artist, there's not too many places that love country music. So they'll just tell you it's really bad. But um, yeah, it's so good to have, you know, people that are giving constructive criticism, like maybe try this and maybe try this. Like, you know, it's never this sucks and this was good. It's like try out a bit of this in. So I think I just love being able to hear different perspectives because I myself hate listening to my own music. Like, 
I don't listen to my own songs. I don't listen to like any recordings that I do. I just, so I think hearing it from another person, I'm like, oh, okay, like this is good and this is something I can work on. So I really value that because I just can't do it myself. Yeah. I think, you know, getting into Star Maker is an acknowledgement in itself of how much work you've done and how, you know, how accomplished you've become because you have to be at a certain level at your career. It's not for beginners. You have to have shown that you've been releasing music. So did you enjoy the Star Maker process? Because the, the competition night itself, the final night, is quite full on. Yeah, oh, I honestly loved it. Like I, once again, I entered the competition not thinking that I would get in at all. I was like, why not just give it a go? Like, I didn't have any expectations and I think I was a little bit shocked when I opened the email that said I got in and mum and I cracked a bottle of champers. Um, <laughs> that's a story for another time, but um, no, it was honestly, the experience was so amazing. I met, you know, some people like Denver, Lauren Ryan's beautiful, like Robbie, everyone that was in it, Jacob, like honestly, everyone that was in the competition, I became really close with as well. And they're people that live once again, all around Australia. So I wouldn't have really been able to connect with them if it weren't for Star Maker. So, yeah, I learned so much from it. Once again, I went in expecting, I was like, cool, I get to play to this amount of people. Like, that's insane. That's what I'm here for and I'm just here to have a good time. So I think because I had that mindset, I was just stoked with whatever. You know, I went on the stage and it was a buzz. Nothing really phased me at the back, you know. I think it was a pretty smooth night, which was good. Well, I thought it was smooth, but Timon, I probably wouldn't have even realize if something wasn't going on because I'm just like yeah whatever but um no it was honestly such an awesome night and like I'm so happy for Lauren she's a beautiful person she's got beautiful music and her daughter's so lovely so it was really cool you know to meet someone that is now doing such amazing things Mm. and it's you're playing Bicentennial Park um in Tamworth for that grand final night and it's no, it's a big crowd, but I imagine because you'd played some festivals before, the size of that crowd wouldn't have phased you because you have played Gimpy Muster and other places. It was honestly, I think, the biggest crowd I've ever played to. Oh. <laughs> but um, I think I think I was more nervous when I was playing in front of my school because you know they're your peers. But um, um, no, I think I think I, when I look back and I watch my performance now, I go, oh, I seem so nervous. But on the night, I think I just had so much adrenaline that I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool that I couldn't really be nervous because I was just in awe of what I was doing. But, no, honestly, one of the biggest crowds I've ever played to and was so cool. You can't even see everyone's faces. The lights only, like, light up half of the amount of people that are sitting in the park. So, no, it was super cool. <laughs> now you do play smaller venues as well around the Sunshine Coast um, and that gives people a different experience of your music do you enjoy playing up close to people yeah I love playing you know up close to people and I love people that come up and hey I saw you here like this is so cool to see you playing here and I love you know like all the little kids that come up and they're like can you play watermelon sugar or something you know I love it it's honestly especially when they come in and they put one dollar in and then they really like putting the money in so they keep putting the money in that's really good too but um no I love you know meeting people face to face and you know meeting new people that are like oh I'm from you know Victoria and I really like your music like blah 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 blah, blah. like it's I think Noosa I'm pretty lucky there because there's always people coming through so I get to you know showcase my music to a lot of different audiences which is really cool and meet a heap of people so the big question is of course do you have any Harry Styles songs in your repertoire Yes, I do. <laughs> Watermelon sugar may be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case anyone's watching and they want to ask for it, 
you may be able to play it on demand. Yes. Um, so you have this um, latest single out, Feels Like Home. Are you thinking ahead to next singles EP or something like that? Yeah, I think for now I'm going to do singles. I, As much as I think an EP is cool, I think for me singles is just a good kind of flow. It works with what I'm doing with my life. But um, I've got one that's recorded and ready to come out. I think it's coming out in two months maybe maybe a little bit more oh god don't quote me on that but <laughs> stay tuned and you'll find out when but um no so I've got one coming out soon which I also recorded with Jared um and wrote in Tamworth with Max Jackson at the academy oh. so really excited for that one to come out but um yeah singles for now just keep it flowing but yeah Fantastic. Well, people can find those singles on all the streaming platforms. The latest is Feels Like Home. Sorry, it was great to talk to you. Thanks for talking to me. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.